theater critic Martin Gottfried says, I once asked Julie Stein to figure the meter for George Gershwin's Bronco Busters, a largely forgotten song from Girl Crazy. After listening a while, the diminutive redhead lifted his black framed glasses, smiled at me and said, baby, the rhythm of that is Broadway. The special quality that is Broadway reached its zenith with Gypsy, according to Gottfried. The 1959 musical whose Stein Sondheim score all but throbbed with that uniquely throat-catching, hair-raising Broadway sound, egged on by the force of nature that was Ethel Merman. While there had been and would be other shows as good as Gypsy, musicals are remembered by their music, and Gypsy's music seemed to exult in this Broadway quality. It was a score that would make the show the archetypal musical. Julie Stein had a natural gift for catchy tunes and a singular ability to tailor songs to particular singers. Merman had already inspired outstanding scores from Gershwin, Porter, and Berlin, heady company in which Stein did not quite belong. He was, in fact, offered Gypsy only after it had been turned down by Cole Porter and Irving Berlin. Nevertheless, the score he wrote for and around Merman would be her most spectacular showcase, so attuned was it to her special vocal quality. And it is truly a cohesive score, rather than a mere collection of show tunes, for it employs such musicianly elements as repeated and relating motifs, musical cross-references, and a consistently vaudevillian rhythm and style. Some of the songs are much longer than usual, Everything's Coming Up Roses, for instance, and all of them are written in the same musical language, consistent in harmonic structure and attitude. Stein had never before written so ambitiously, and he freely credited his lyricist Stephen Sondheim with stimulating that. Sondheim, of course, was himself a composer, and indeed, he had hoped to write the music as well as the lyrics for this show, but Merman demanded someone with a track record. A reluctant Sondheim was convinced by his mentor, Oscar Hammerstein II, that the assignment would be a good exercise in writing for a specific star. It proved to be more than that. His lyrics suited Merman. They talked like the character of Mama Rose. They raised colloquial and conversational English to the level of poetry. And most important, they were flawlessly set to the music, matching as he did, the syllables to the beats and the words to the sensibility of the music, as only a composer-lyricist can do. Sondheim wrote the lyrics as if for his own music. They would be the most perfect lyrics he would ever write for a traditional book musical. Words of critic Martin Gottfried about the classic Broadway musical Gypsy a show that opened just over 60 years ago. And just over 40 years ago, the Music Box Dinner Playhouse opened in Swoyersville, across the river from Wilkes-Barre. We learn, on average, the Music Box has produced Gypsy once each decade, and the time has come to bring a new production of the ever-popular musical back. 
Opening night is this Friday, July 15th. We had a chance to speak by phone with Michael Gallagher, the Artistic Director Emeritus of Music Box, and we asked about the theater and the show. In terms of years, this is our 41st year, and this particular season we had a late opening because of, oh, a variety of things that were happening to us, particularly capital improvements that we've been making to the theater. So our, actually, our first show was in, was in June, and it was Once Upon a Mattress. And our second production is opening this Friday on the 15th of July, and it's the musical Gypsy. And then we will be doing shows through December, including a murder mystery thriller by Stephen King called Misery, and a musical version of Young Frankenstein, and then... A Christmas Carol, which is a staple that we've had here for years, and we're repeating it. Uh, It's been six years since we've done it, but that will be our closing for 2022. You've been with Music Box for decades, Michael. Is there something that makes Music Box in some sense distinctive, a spirit or the like? I, I don't know if we actually do things terribly differently than any other theater group. In the beginning... And I don't mean that far back in the biblical times. I mean, in the beginning in 1981, when we opened, we were actually doing more more productions per year than any other theater. And though that's balanced out now, you'll find the Little Theater of Wilkes-Barre or in other theaters doing almost as many productions as we do. We created a whole very, very tight system of moving from one show to the next. And it, it all depends on people. It, it's been the people who, who have given us our life, obviously. It's people who, who put the shows together, and it's been so many wonderful people. You mentioned Larry and Bernadine. Yes, Larry Voitko and Bernadine Voitko. Uh, two of the favorites, two of my favorites. Just two of the many, many hundreds of people who have given their heart to the theater. It, it, that's what it is. It's a passion. You'll find this passion in all community theaters. What does amateur mean, actually? Doesn't it mean the love of... So, essentially, though we are amateurs, all of us in the community theaters, there is this passion and this love. And wherever we go, whatever theater you're talking about, including our own, that's the essential ingredient. That is the ingredient. It's, it's, it's the desire, the passion. For all of us, for the, uh, not for me in particular, it was a full-time job for me, but for so many others, it's an avocation. People had a full-time day job, and then they came here, and they expressed themselves on stage or backstage or as directors, musical directors. And we're so fortunate to find so many people of so much talent. The area has always been and always will be so full of talent. And it, it continues. It doesn't disappear. It just replenishes itself. We, we've lost many good people, but many good people have uh, have replaced them. And I'm so grateful that they're here. And I'm so grateful that people come in and they give their all. And heck, most of them aren't getting anything for it financially. And, and, and that's what makes it so special then, because they are doing it purely for the love of it. I think that's the essence of the amateur and of the non-professional and the volunteer in community theater or, or other arts organizations as well. You mentioned that Once Upon a Mattress was the opener, and now we're moving to Gypsy. 
How is it that you selected Gypsy? Was there a particular sense that maybe we haven't done Gypsy in a while? I think there were two reasons. Well, one of them is that it it has been. um, I believe our last production was 2010, so it's been 12 years. So, yeah, it could be that enough time has has elapsed. But there is a young woman by the name of Ali Lagori, Alexandra Lagori, who is our director. She was the one that requested that. She said, she said, you know, I very much like to direct Gypsy. And we take that into consideration when people want to direct. You know, we ask our directors, well, what would you like to do? And this was a pet thing that she'd like to do. And so we decided, well, let's, let's put it on the season. Ali is our director and a very talented young woman who's doing a wonderful job. And I think that that's one of the big reasons why we are, we've, we've put it on the season. Plus, it's always a favorite. It's, it's considered to be one of the great staples of the American musical theater. I mean, to this day, new critics, as well as old critics, always state that this may be one of the 10 or 20 best musicals ever written for the theater. And I think that they're right. Were you the designer for that last production? In 2010. This time, it's Mike Marjani. We'll talk about Mike's design in a moment, Michael, but because you're so widely recognized as a consummate scenic designer with a decades-long career, we'd like to learn about your vision for the show. What did you go for to capture the essence of Gypsy as a designer in your imagination? Well, since the backstage musical, there's two aspects of it, that which takes place backstage and that which takes place on stage. So it had a, it had a look of a proscenium, false proscenium with a red show curtain that acted as a kind of facade for many of the theaters in which they would be performing. But it had a backstage area as well. And then we converted that into other in other locations, because they, they go to many locations throughout the show as they rise in, in prominence in the vaudeville circuit. So my concept was a little more complex than Michael's concept, but I'm watching Michael right now. I'm at the theater, at the music box, and he has constructed a series of just gorgeous portals that, that uh, are so beautifully designed. He's very talented, and it's a different concept than mine, but my guy is just as viable. It's just as workable. It's just a different concept. Mike is one of those guys who not only is a great designer, uh, but he has so many talents. He's a fine actor, fine voice, great for musical theater or or non-musical theater. Uh, He can dance, he can act, he can write, um, and he also can design lighting as well as sets. Quite a multifaceted, talented person. Who will be Mama Rose? Her name is Amber Famoletti. I believe she's new here to the music box, and she is the perfect dancer to the role. She has uh, the great, uh, she has the chops to play a very difficult, very involved, and very, very demanding role, vocally and physically. And she's doing a wonderful job, as did our former gypsy for the first three times that we did it, Debbie Vayner. So we've been very blessed all of these times. They're very strong women playing that role. Having had the experience of living with it over the years, as you all have done, does it say something fresh to us in 2022? Well, 
In terms of the fact that this particular musical is dominated by women, a very strong-willed woman and her two children who are girls, women, Louise and June, it is, it is a classic story of, of success, but there, are, there aren't too many musicals, first of all, that, that are so dominated by women. And this goes back to 1959, I believe, this show, when it first opened on Broadway. So it's ahead of its time in many ways. And it probably speaks even more to women's role today in theater than ever, because you see how, how women can dominate, and not, not dominate, but have such a large role in the process of theater. And uh, we see that more and more now than ever. But as I said, there weren't too many shows back then that, that really featured in such a large way a woman as the, as the crux of, the, of a show. The show's so important and, and seems to speak for every decade from the time that it was first presented, you know. And in the 70s, you had a revival with Angela Lansbury. And you had one with uh, Kind Daly. Then you had one with Patti LuPone and then with Bernadette Peters. They all bring something new and fresh. But it speaks to how great the piece is, the musical itself, and the fact that it's drawn so many of the great musical actresses of the Broadway stage. So many people have referred to it as perhaps the character itself of Mama Rose. She's the quintessential stage mother who pushes her kids to success, who pushes her one daughter ultimately to become the classiest of all strippers, Gypsy Rose Lee. And she's a girl that turned it into an art, believe it or not. <laughs> she, she stripped by just taking her glove off and it tantalized the audience. So... The, the fact that all these women who over the years have embraced it and then played the role, and each new generation, each new decade has seen a whole brand new fresh production, speaks to its longevity and its vitality, and that it's always relevant. Even to this day, it's relevant. We still have stage mothers, uh, and we still have this push to greatness and to make it big in show business. And it's a backstage musical, and it's probably the greatest of all backstage musicals. Speaking of musicals, Michael, tell us about the music director and how strong the music is. The music is extremely strong. The music is also considered to be one of the finest of all scores, composed by Julie Stein. A wonderful book by Arthur Lawrence, who's also responsible, of course, for West Side Story. And uh, one of the greatest of all musician lyricists in my time and yours, uh, Stephen Sondheim. And together, they create some of the finest stage music uh, with one of the best theater overtures, comparable to Candide, My Fair Lady, Camelot. It is up there with those wonderful musical overtures and some of the most wonderful, wonderful songs. Uh, Everything's Coming Up Roses, of course, is perhaps the most famous of songs. And back in the 60s, late 50s and 60s, when this show was playing, Many of the songs that were sung in the show became standards, became pop standards, were heard on radio. They were being sung by Dinah Shore and by uh, Frank Sinatra and Andy Williams and all those popular artists on TV in, in those days. And so everybody knew these songs. You, know, you, you could take them out of context and, they, and they're great songs. They're tuneful and they're just beautifully composed. The, the crux of the singing is with Gypsy. She sings all most I mean, she sings 70% of the score. So it, it's very vocally demanding. And uh, our musical director, her name is Holly Major Baker, has worked with the cast and with the woman Amber Familetti playing Gypsy. 
has worked very hard with them to get the best out of them to sing the score. And they sound great. When can we hear them, Michael? You indicated that you open on the 15th, but tell us the particulars. It is from the 15th, 16th, and 17th, and then the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. The Fridays and Saturday performances are evening performances at 8. Our Sundays are matinees at 3. People can purchase tickets by calling 570-283-2195, or they can email reservations at musicbox.org. We sell two things. Since we're a dinner theater, we, we offer dinner, a buffet dinner, or people can come just for the show itself. I had a dream, a dream about you, baby. It's gonna come true, baby. They think that we're through, but baby, you'll be swell. You'll be great. Gonna have the whole world on a plate. Starting here, starting now, honey. We talked with Michael Gallagher, who is the Artistic Director Emeritus at the Music Box Dinner Playhouse in Sawyersville, across the river from Wilkes-Barre. Gypsy will open this Friday and will run July 15th, 16th, and 17th, and the following weekend, the 22nd to the 24th. Curtain time on Fridays and Saturdays. 8 p.m. Sundays at 3, but there is a dinner option. So if you're interested in dinner, the dinner is served at 6.30 on the Friday and Saturday performance nights and at 1.30 on the afternoons of the matinees. So it's Gypsy, and it's at the Music Box Dinner Playhouse, 196 Hughes Street in Swoyersville. And for more information on the web, musicbox.org, musicbox.org. Gypsy, July 15th, 16th, and 17th, and the following weekend, 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. There are dinner and show, or just show-only tickets on sale. For more information, musicbox.org. All you need is a hand.